Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be at involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and good morning, afternoon, and good evening to my fellow Ghanaians, and also to my adopted Ghanaians who listen to this podcast as well. So you are also welcome, or I'd like to send my regards. Um. I spoke with a friend this afternoon and he said something really interesting to me, which wouldn't be a surprise or may not be a surprise to any of you who are listening, any of you who are listening. And he went on to say that there is currently a shift from the West being a superpower and this shift is currently taking place by way of China now becoming a superpower or a dominant power in economics in the world. But also, there's a shift where people now have an interest in, like, going to going to Africa or like going to places like Ghana or Nigeria or there are other places obviously around the world as well. But it just, I think, I think the conversation was more so about the balance and more so about. I think something I said was the hard work that our parents put in over the ten, twenty, or even thirty year um, period. Let's say from up until today which is 20, 2023 um if we go back 30 years you're talking about into the into the 90s or even the 80s because that's when i was born like a lot of that work is beginning to pay off irrespective of china becoming a superpower um or even other um nations around the world becoming becoming superpowers or becoming a bit more economically um powerful if that is a word um but I use that example because I I had a story or I found a story this week that come across I don't want to say it come across my feed but I found it I found it anyway and I wanted to share it with you guys I think that was initially going to be my initially going to be my topic but um I've had a number of other things that happened in my life over the past couple of weeks I I also want to share maybe some insight in regards to those things too so I want to bring up this topic in regards to a Nigerian um billionaire who was founded a club called Sporting Lagos. And let me read the article specifically. And I don't want to mispronounce his name, so I do apologize if I do so. But this is coming from AfricaBusinessInsider.com. Um, but the article I found came from somewhere else, but I found this maybe had a bit more information, more information that I'd prefer to relay. So Shola um, Akinlade, co-founder of Nigerian fintech startup Paystack, has acquired 55... <clears throat> so apologies... A 55 stake, sorry, 55% stake in Danish club Arhaus Friedmad as part of his plan to build a football empire that will revolutionize talent development in Africa. Akinladi plans to establish a top tier academy at his Nigerian team, Sporting Lagos, using the partnership with Arhaus Friedmad to send the best night, sorry, to send the best players to gain valuable experience playing in the Danish leagues. This creates a win win situation for both clubs. Akinladi's acquisition of Arhaus Friedmad is a smart business move that could potentially earn millions of euros in transfer fees by grooming players, I think grooming is the wrong word, but by developing players at Sporting Lagos and selling them to Belgium, Netherlands or even Turkey. There's a little bit more on this article and I'll read that just before I finish. Nigerian entrepreneur and Paystack co-founder Shola Akinlade has set his sights on building a football empire that could potentially revolutionise the talent development in Africa. Some of the information is recycled, so I'm just going to conclude with with this ambitious vision, Akinlade aims to elevate Nigerian football and provide opportunities for young players across the continent to reach the highest levels of sport. Wow. Um, 
Now, if I'm honest, like I've put this article aside for me to do a bit more research, and I've tried to do a bit more research on Mr. Shola Akinlade, and congratulations to him. And yeah, I don't know if it's congratulations to Nigeria as well, but congratulations to the Nigerian community on 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 this success because I think it's a great success, and I think it's something that I've championed and spoke about for a number of years in regards to clubs kind of following the model of um, the Right to Dream Academy, in which they also got the Right to Dream Academy in Ghana, and they now have the club called Norgeland in obviously in Denmark or Norway, but I think it's Denmark, if I'm correct. And they have done very similar things in which I've discussed in recent time in terms of selling players for for big fees, which has been fantastic, not only for the Right to Dream Academy, but for boys and girls, I believe, in Ghana. And obviously, as of late, as I mentioned before, they now have a partnership with the Mansour Group, which will evolutionize, I guess, the, the operations they have in Ghana. But at the same time, I know they plan on extending their operations to Egypt, but also the US. But I say all that, I say all that to get to this in some respect. And today, I don't know if today's a short episode, but I guess what I wanted to do was I wanted to provide a bit more information. And I guess this podcast is about providing, I don't want to use the word providing information again, but just, you know, putting information out there, you know, because sometimes um, the information isn't ready available. I know we have iPhones and we have technology and stuff like that, and things are easily accessible. But depending on obviously how we use our phones and how we use technology, some things are not quite accessible. But moving forward, I, <clears throat> as you know, and as I mentioned before, I am currently um, working on obviously one of the, the popular ride hailing apps. And as I mentioned before as well, now I'm an author. So I'm an author of the book, Hi Andrew, My Journey, which is available on Amazon. Obviously it details a lot of my chronicles and my journey as a ride hailing app driver, to which has re- received sorry a lot of very, very good reviews. So you can have a look at it on Amazon, wink, wink, um, shameless plug. But on my travels, Recently, I picked up a Ghanaian executive. Yeah, sorry, I was going to mention something else. I don't want to do that. I don't want to jump around. I picked up a Ghanaian executive of the GFA. And in in that moment, I, f- I thought to myself, I've got so many questions that I would like to ask. And I think if I did have one, I, I, we had a very, very long conversation over a good hour and a half period. So there's a number of things which um, I asked and we went into depth. And I think there's maybe some things which he hasn't said that I can't, um, say these things as such, but um, I think out of duty of care and yeah, out of duty of care. I think there's only there's only so much I will say, but I wanted to touch on the Nigerian topic or kind of like expand on that because what sorry the discussion we had was based on football development in Ghana. There was a number of things we we spoke about, and I kind of want to get to it because I'm beginning to dance around now. I spoke about football development in Ghana and I asked several questions. Some of them I forgot and um, I actually recorded a conversation, asked him if he, if he minded and he said, no, it's cool. Record the conversation, more than happy to listen back to it and take notes based on some of the things that he said. Very, very smart man, by the way. And I'm very happy and proud that we in Ghana have individuals in places of power who are who are very intelligent. But at the same time, he didn't concern me, but it concerned me that there are people who are extremely intelligent like him in power, but yet there are things which are not quite happening. Or maybe sometimes a thing that they're not quite moving as, or things are not happening as fast as we like. And actually that's not necessarily to blame anyone at the helm or anyone in power. It's just, um, so I'm thinking as I speak, actually, 
I think sometimes you just have to, sometimes it's a part of the process. And it's amazing because I think at the end of our conversation, and I'll get to what I wanted to talk about, I know I'm beginning to dance around again, is we said what we want to see from African football may not happen in his lifetime and it may not happen in my lifetime. And we will have to wait for it. No, not that we'll wait, but it will have to happen. <clears throat> like someone else, someone else, like generations down, is going to take up the mantle and take Ghanaian football to a place where, you know, where it's never been, you know, whether it's a World Cup um, trophy, whether it's another um, under 23s World Cup trophy, or just actually seeing Africa or Ghana in a, in a great space in, in the African continent by way of maybe winning um, the African Champions League and, and winning trophies, you know, or just like the, the development of, of Ghanaian football being in a fantastic place, you know, and I guess with anything, with a house, you need to lay foundations and then you can build on top of it, you know, you, you, without, without, a, I mean, you can't have a roof and you can't have windows and a door unless you lay the foundations. I don't know if that's a, a poor analogy, but I think you understand what I'm talking about. Now, to the meat of the discussion. There are several things that we discussed, but we spoke about the league specifically, and we spoke about teams, and I said, why don't teams develop players, or why isn't there better development strategies as to footballers in Ghana? I think, like, that, I think that, 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 I think, I think, like, I lent in with a sense of naivety, but I felt I had to ask the question, you know what I mean? I think we've done very well in recent years by way of winning youth African championships. Um, but I asked the question, so why why is it we don't actually use the diaspora more? Because I think with or by using the diaspora, I think you're more likely to be successful. And he went on to say, and again, this is actually not even the point I wanted to make, but he went on to say that what, he didn't say what I don't understand, but he said the process is like, oh God, how do I say that? In order to be a member of the GFA, you need to have a club. And I hope that makes sense. Um, and I think it's probably the same in the Premier League as well. In that if you're an owner of a, of a club, then you can then be in a position to be part of the, the GFA committee in some way, shape or form. Now, that might be slightly inaccurate. Inaccurate? Inaccurate? It might not be accurate. All right, but I'm I'm kind of going yeah anyway. In so there can be some conflict. So I've mentioned before that some of the things I've heard is that the reason why we don't see some of the diaspora is because it then becomes a conflict of interest, as in like some of the boys in the Ghanaian Premier League won't give the opportunity to shine and therefore they won't be able to be sold. Um and I guess the point he was making was that there is a conflict in that part of the GFA committee, some of those individuals, or some of those individuals, um, or, yeah, some of those individuals, they have invested interests in clubs, whether they, anyway, they have an interest, invested interest in a club. And so, the conflict is, they're highly unlikely to spread their wings out and go find a player who is playing for Arsenal, playing for Chelsea, or Ghanaian descent, and bring him into the fold. You may find that as they develop and go into the senior team, you may find, obviously, some of the diaspora involved in that, to which, <clears throat> well, there's there's always ongoing conversation in regards to that as to whether the diaspora should be involved, whether they're good enough, whether they'll be able to um, um, catch up to the speed of play by way of culture, the way we play football, all that type of stuff. There are a lot of silly arguments that, have in, that, that happen in, in, in that respect. Um, but he said that is the conflict. The conflict is you have people who have... Um, clubs or, or attached to players 
um, attached to teams and in so is very yeah there's a conflict so it, a lot of the conversation evolved around money which i'll kind of i'll kind of get into in in just a moment also well, let me just do that now all right because i'm not too sure how long this podcast is going to be today i just wanted to air out some thoughts and give some information <clears throat> to you lovely people so i hope this is not the last thing i want to say but we discussed football development and he said he said a number of things, but he said like he said that Ghanaian football he didn't say Ghanaian football is in a weird place, but he said there's a lot of things that need to change. Such as one thing I didn't know, I didn't know there was actually a quota on the number of foreign players that can actually play in the league, because I suggested something to him as to anyway, I suggested to him anyway. And he said there's unfortunately there's there's a quota. So I think you'll only have th- any anything between three and five players from outside of Ghana in your squad. And that in fact I was actually only talking about so I was talking about European players, and in fact, he went on to discuss actually players from the Ivory Coast or or, or Congo, etc., etc. As he goes, these players from these actual regions, they can't actually be a part of the Ghanaian Premier League because because there's a quota, and a lot of that supports the development of the younger players in Ghana. But in conflict with that, what he did say is because there's actually no money in Ghana, because there's no money in Ghana. In fact, the way he phrased it to me, he said, Andrew. You tell me, name me, name me or tell me a big company in Ghana. And he kind of just said, thank you. There isn't any big companies um, who have, <clears throat> sorry, who have a lot of money to sponsor or support some of these clubs. And in so, what you have or what you find is players will, de- comp- sorry, companies, um, teams will develop a player. And then what will happen is within that year, a team from Egypt, South Africa, um, they're the two countries he named, but I'm sure there are other there are other 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 countries and other clubs from other countries which come to come to the fore, come to that will come to mind in reference to this. And then within 12 months of a player actually showing any promise, any promise whatsoever, that player sold. And he kind of just showed me the harsh realities. The harsh realities being is that none of these clubs have any money. None of these clubs have any money. In, in they're not able to. He said some of them are poorly branded. By the way, um, he comes from a from a from a he comes from he has a wide a wide background a wide professional background. And I wish I can talk maybe a bit more on him, but um, again, I just want to be a bit respectful because I'm not too sure some of this conversation. Um, well, no, what I'm saying, I don't think there's any point with what I'm saying, but I don't think some of the conversation might not be appreciated in being shared. Um, so yeah, I want to um, yeah doing doing the service and not and not say too much, but. Yeah, what he did say was clubs will clubs will develop a player, um, the player will show promise, the player will be highlighted, the player will then show um, um, have interest from other clubs, they'll come in, offer the club X amount for the player, and then he's gone. And that's that. And he said, like, most clubs in Ghana sorry, and sorry, let me let me rephrase that. A lot of players in Ghana are not being paid a lot, so it doesn't take a lot for players to be persuaded to go join another club. In so, the league dies a death. That's the reason why you don't see many fans in a stadium, because the quality of the football, unfortunately, at this moment in time, isn't where it should be. And that's not to say that we don't have good teams or all good players in the league, but the league is not competitive as it should be. For a, for a country <clears throat> like Ghana, who is steeped in history in terms of developing players, and um, the players who have gone on to do very, very well in Europe, etc., etc., with the history that we have, we're not doing quite as well domestically or even in the continent as we should. 
And I think that's a lot of food for thought. And sorry, I, I wanted to provide some information um, because the reason why I want, another reason why I brought up Shola Akinlade, um, and this title says from FinTech to Football Empire, because he, I think, is touted or is stated that he's a billionaire. I thought it would be very interesting to find out how many billionaires there are in Ghana, or certainly um, in Nigeria in comparison to Ghana. And obviously, I know Nigeria is a, is a bigger country than Ghana, but I think it's still, I think it's still important information to know. So I did some research on ChatGBT, and it says, as of my knowledge, cut-off date September 2021, there are a total of nine billionaires in Nigeria, according to Forbes' annual billionaire list. It says, however, I do not have any information on a number of billionaires in Ghana. But I think that's really interesting. I think that's really telling. And I think it gives an insight to those who do or don't know as to why our football hasn't developed as it as it, as it it should have in recent years. And it's funny because... <clears throat> Just before I started the recording, I thought to myself, I asked him a load of questions and questions that I did get answered. And I, and I went away quite fulfilled with the new information I, I received or a lot of the confirmations that I I felt were perhaps needed. Um, but before I record the podcast, I think the one question I think I felt to ask maybe is, what do you think is next for Ghanaian football? Or how do you believe these things are sold? But let me just loop around. And before we actually sign off, I think one of the first things I said to myself, or one of the first things I think I said in the podcast was, there's now a shift from the West being a superpower. And now you're now seeing China, um, Russia, for example. I think Russia has always been a bit of a superpower. There are other countries that now come into the mix. And the things our parents did 10, 20, 30, even 40 years ago, or we have come into, whether it's the US or come into the UK and other countries, obviously in Europe, we're now in a place where our money can be moved from the West to Africa, to Ghana specifically, or to Nigeria, wherever you're from, and we can now start seeing growth. I hope that's been insightful. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and fold in the coming weeks. As always, you're going to need questionable queries, email us at teamgarnu at gmail.com, or tweet or DM us at teamgarnu on IG or Twitter. Thank you, take care, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Ooh.